he's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth, the world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. truth. <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Intercom Studios. Miracle Mile. I'm in studio by myself today, but I got my man GB on the phone. Greg Biggins, what up? What up? What's up, Keith? How you feeling today, man? It's kind of been a long day, even though it's only close to noontime. It's been a long day so far, GB. What's going on, man? It has been a long day. We got some great interviews, though. We got uh, a lot of stuff going on. It's a big weekend. So uh, thankful for, for our special guest, and I'm ready to get going. Let's get to it, man. So uh, before we kind of get started with the show, we have our recruiting news coming up. Then we're going to get to our sleeper. And we got a great interview with Luke Stampini of 247 Sports out in Florida talking IMG modern day. Um, and then we're going to kind of bring this baby to a close. But- the Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. GB, let's get right to recruiting. What do you got for us? It was week four, pretty big impact commitments this past week. Go Coach with Keith. it. Go with four it, baby. Uh, in, in reverse order, we had, we had yesterday, and again, we always kind of preface it, we're recording on a Tuesday, so this happened on Monday, but Keon Ware Hudson, one of our favorite big D tackles on a modern day, yeah. Santa Ana, California, committed to the Oregon Ducks. So uh, that, that was awesome. That You know, happy for, for Keon, and he had lots of options, and, and talked to him for a little bit yesterday before he committed. And I, I said, hey, you know, what was it about Oregon? And he just said, you know what, they were loyal. You know, they offered him as a sophomore, and a lot of schools jumped off the bandwagon when he hurt his knee last year, missed his whole junior season. But Oregon, he said, actually picked it up even more. So Oregon was smart. Um, you know, Coach Joe Salavea, the D-line coach, really connected well uh, with Keon, and, and their loyalty paid off. Because I think once people see that he's healthy, you know, he's a dominant D-tackle. He was an MVP at the SoCal opening regional and uh, over a pretty stacked D-line field. He's 6'2", 6'2 and a half, 305. He's an inside guy. He's strong. You know, he has, he has I would say he has that, that defensive end feat from being a 240-pound linebacker defensive end just a few years ago. Yeah. So I know you're a big fan of his game, and not just where he's at, but where he's going to be. And that's why he was smart for Oregon to kind of see that he is going to get healthy. He's going to be back. Everyone's going to be on him, but, you know, let's not be 10. Let's be first. That was Oregon's philosophy. They wanted to be the one school that stayed on him and, and didn't want to wait for him to blow up to see if he was healthy. They stuck with him, and it paid off in a big way, Keith. No question about it. Ware Hudson, a big-time player in the interior, not a guy that's going to be holding a point all day versus other team, just a vertical penetrator using quickness, using leverage, and also the ability to lean and bend, kind of get his hips turned to the quarterback, really like him versus those spread offenses and those shotgun offenses here on the West Coast and in the Pac-12. He's going to make an impact, and I think an impact early up in Eugene, GB. We also had a commitment on Monday uh, that was from Unir McLean out of J. Sarah High School, a gifted receiver. Another guy, very similar to Keon. He was hurt and, and, and played a little bit early on, but he was banged up and, and the knee ended up needing, you know, he had uh, a meniscus and an ACL with that knee, so he missed over half of his junior season. But, uh, you know, with, with, with uh, Unir, it was always more of a question of, of when, not if, he would choose USC. Obviously, his brother, uh, Abdul Malik, signed with USC last February, so 
they're uh, they're a package deal. He, he told me yesterday that uh, ever since they were four and five years old, they always wanted to play college ball together. So, again, Yanir, if he's healthy, Keith, when he's healthy, he brings a lot to the table. Yeah, there's no question about it. It's all of six foot four, extremely long, with a physical frame. He comes from an elite bloodline. Is actually his father and grandfather were supreme basketball players. Um, at six foot five or so. So you talked about his brother, Abdul Malik, already a USC signee and getting ready to be on campus. Munir McLean has got a tremendous skill set to be an outside receiver or maybe even grow into kind of a hybrid, depending on how big he's going to get. The kid is large for a receiver, huge hands, great stride, length, and he's a playmaker down the middle of the field. We got Cameron Fabio Kalanen out of Westlake High School. He committed on his unofficial trip. To the Washington Huskies, oh, woof, woof, woof. Woof. That, was my, uh, that was my coach Peterson. Cam brings an, another guy with a lot of upside. He's a long, athletic corner slash safety. He can be used in a, in a variety of ways. He was looking at schools like Oregon as well. He visited Texas recently, uh, but he really fits what, what Coach Lake, Jimmy Lake, likes in those secondaries at Washington, which is which is length and skill, um, ball skills and versatility. You know. Coach Lake really, really scored last year, bringing in Julius Irvin. And, you know, there's a guy who can play corner or safety. Again, versatility is the name of the game in the Pac-12 where they throw the ball so much. But Cam, another guy, Keith, who who I think brings a lot of versatility, you can kind of move him around a little bit, right? Kind of move him around and play different different spots in secondary. Absolutely. He's got the size and the length to be a corner, but also has the instincts, the eye discipline, and the vision on a quarterback to be a one-high free safety. Cam has got the ability to run. He can flip his hips. He can break on balls. He's also a very, very solid tackler. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Saw him when he was a freshman. He was a starter uh, for St. Bonaventure. Moved three years down the road. He's going to be a four-year starter now, now at Westlake. Big-time player. He's going to make an impact immediately on special teams, coverage units for UW, and I think he'll be in the lineup as a starting defensive back within two years. Great pickup for the Washington Huskies. Now, just a football player, when you watch his tape, I mean, he's blocking punts for touchdowns. Yep. He's picking up fumbles for touchdowns. He just plays outside of his area. He's not a guy who has to, you know, some guys like, oh, the ball never came my way. This is a guy, he makes plays outside Make of his plays. area. For me, yep. that's instincts. That's instincts right there. Yep. Hey, and, and lastly, we had the Gabriel Floyd. Gabe Floyd, another Westlake player. Uh, he played at Golden Valley last year, but he's at Westlake High School this fall, and uh, he committed to the Texas Longhorns. Um, I'm a guy who, man, I like it when my West Coast kids stay West Coast. I'm happy for Gabe. Uh, he said Texas just felt like home for him. He's visited twice. And tell you what, man, I've talked to a lot of people. You know that We'll get to that a little bit more when we talk about more recruiting notes. But Texas has got something going on. They really do. And talking to people who, who've been there recently, they're like, dude, you know what? We've been to Bama. We've been to Florida. We've been to Auburn. Texas's facilities and their whole setup right now, what they got going on with, with you know, with the coaching staff, yeah. Herman, watch out for Texas because they are starting to recruit at a high level. I want to say they had the number two, number three recruiting class this past year. Obviously, Coach Herman speaks for itself. They're getting dudes, and uh, Gabe Floyd just fell in love with the place. He, like I said, visited twice, running kind of a three-fourths type scheme. So he told me he's going to be playing inside backer. But it's almost kind of like an inside-outside combo yeah. uh, because our outside backers are more like pass rushers, defensive ends. So he's going to be kind of moved around. But uh, I like the fit. And like I said, happy for Gabe. You know, wish he would stay out west. But he's, he found a home uh, with, with the Texas Longhorns.
yeah, I mean, it kind of fits what his process has been over his high school career. I mean, he started off, I believe, at St. John Bosco, then was at Hawkins, transferred to Golden Valley. Now he's at Westlake. So he, this is a kid who is used to kind of moving around, used to being in different situations. No surprise to me, GB, that he goes and commits to Texas, says it felt like home. Not sure what home really means, but Gabe Floyd, a big-time player with a tremendous skill set, I love him as an inside backer. Reminds me a little bit of a Micah. Micah Parsons can play inside, can play outside, can run sideline to sideline, make plays in the passing game. Got to be careful going out of state for school. Doesn't mean it's a bad decision. Just, you know, they're going to take care of their home players first. You got to always remember that. Take it from a guy who went out of state to go to school and play ball. Uh, but Gabe Foy believes in himself, believes in his ability, believes in the coaches and the system that they're going to put him in in Texas. Hopefully he does a great job out there. We wish him nothing but the best of luck. Yeah, absolutely. Um, tons of new offers. Just going to ramble some of the some of the bigger ones. Kind of a kind of a, a modern day to USC connection. Could it continue? Uh, obviously, we saw last year with with Alman Ross, St. Brown, and Solo and JT. They offered a couple of elite twenty DBs. Elias Ricks, Darren Green, Warren both took unofficial trips to USC on Saturday. They offered both of them. I, I, I know Darian likes SC a lot, but for Elias, this was huge for him, and that was that's his dream school. I don't know if Darian has a dream school. He's actually from Oklahoma, but uh, Elias' mom went to USC, so I know that's the one that he's really been waiting for. Uh, that's big. Uh, talk about a kid who's just been blowing up. Madison High School running back in the San Diego area. Keenan Christian picked up offers from Alabama and Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, Nathaniel Kalepo, don't call him Nathan, Nathaniel Kalepo out of Washington picked up a big offer from Michigan. We had Orange Lou wide out Cal Ford with an offer from Arkansas. We had Tristan Sinclair, one of the most versatile DB linebackers uh, in the whole entire West region. He picked up offers from Utah and Nebraska. So I love Rancho Verde DB Jackson Turner. This kid's an elite basketball player as well. He's 6'2". He had an interception. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see Jackson Turner's interception? That was kind of went a little bit of viral uh, where he somersaulted a kid and, and had a pick. No, I didn't see it, but he's a great athlete. So this is what kind of annoys me. If, if you haven't seen it, it means it hasn't gotten viral enough. I'm so tired of seeing the stupid DBs taking cheap shots at receivers. That right. those go viral. This is what should have gone viral. He literally leaped and was like head level with, with a kid, picked it off in the air and somersaulted on the ground. It was the best pick I've seen. Uh, it shows you what kind of athlete this guy is. Hey, how about Tyler Buckner, a 2021 quarterback from Bishop High School in the San Diego area. Kind of heard about him as being an elite lacrosse player. He picked up an offer from UCLA as an eighth grader, but he picked up an offer from Michigan. So uh, Tyler Buckner, 2021 quarterback, kid has special, special upside. How about this one, Keith? This could be a game-breaking offer. One of our favorite quarterbacks, Hank Bachmeyer. Hank the Tank. Spank Bachmeyer. Spank Bachmeyer. He's got Oregon State. He's got Minnesota. He's got Boise State. Dartmouth. Dartmouth. Watch out for Dartmouth. They're coming late on Spank Bachmeyer. And uh, obviously I'm teasing a little bit. It's awesome to get an Ivy League offer. But come on, Dartmouth. Come on. Hey, man, you got to shoot your shot. You're not going to get Spank Bachmeyer this late in the process. Come on. You got to shoot your shot, man. How about Kendall Milton getting Morehouse, coach? That was cool. I know the family, you know, Chris, the Pops, they were all fired up about that. That's cool. I kind of like that, but uh, again, I, I kind of had this vision of uh, of I'm going to say Mister 
Mr. Kendall Melton. I, I see him going maybe to a uh, to a high level top ten BCS program before before it's all said and done. You know, this one was special for me because I've been I've been hyping him up for two years now. How about Logan Loya finally getting a Pac-12 oh, yeah. high level off Arizona State? I like it a lot. I'm going to say my guy Antonio Pierce, who we need to get on the show. You know what? He wants football players. Period. Yeah. yeah. Talking to kids, I've ta- talking to kids. We're talking to AP. He doesn't care so much about size and speed and, and measurables. He wants guys that are pure football players, and not many receivers are better pure football players than Mr. Logan Loya out of that 2020 class. Yeah, no doubt about it. it. No doubt about speak it. Speak on Logan Loya, Keith. Speak on him. I mean, the double move king. I mean, what else needs to be double said? This kid king. can get open virtually against anybody. He's got a great ability to make people miss, uh, use leverage against defensive backs, get guys leaning one way and break it across their face. He's got tremendous body control, hand-eye coordination, and concentration. Logan Loya is a smooth operator on the outside, on the inside. He makes very, very difficult catches look relatively easy. He's a big-time player. Like you said, GB, Antonio Pierce and the Arizona State staff, they're going after ball players. If you take a look back at 2018 class, the kid who wasn't recruited super highly was Darian Butler, the linebacker out of Narbonne. But everybody who knows Narbonne football in the city section knows Darian Butler was a big-time player, just maybe didn't have the measurables that all the colleges were looking for. They went and signed him. Now they go after Logan Loy. I love what Arizona State's doing. They're a new client, new client of national prep. So you know we're doing a great job scouting players and getting them inside info. So... Uh, a great job by Antonio Pierce evaluating Logan Loya, big time ball player, Orange Luther and Lancers. The Lancers and Logan, you know, again, this is a 2020 kid, this is a sophomore. He went 4 7 and jumped 30 plus at the Nike Regional on a day when not very many players test all that well because it was kind of wet, rainy early on in the morning. So, better athlete than given credit for, just a sophomore. He's going to be. Maybe a low four six ish guy. Kind of reminds me a little bit of a not as big, but you know, Trent Irwin was also very light. We recruited until later on in the process. So big fan of of, uh, of Logan. Also hey, Bryce Farrell. Not Bryce Farrell. Not to be confused with Bryce Farrell. Yeah. Bryce Farrell, twenty twenty receiver, also Keith led an offer from Arizona State. Hey, Sun Devils. New national clubs, national preps client GB. They're gonna know who the guys are. Not only the guys who are productive and standing out, but the guys who have a chip on their shoulder and have a special skill set to fit in that Sun Devils offense. I like chips on shoulders. You know, as long as they're not obnoxious about it. But I like guys that kind of just go about their business in a humble way, but they're dogs on the field who believe with all their heart. You know what? I'm going to not be recruited as this other guy, but in my heart, I'm a better football player. I'm going to show it. I'm not going to tweet about it in an in obnoxious fashion. I'm just going to show it. And, uh, man, that, that's, that's, I think that's Logan. That's, that's Bryce right there. They're, they're, both, they're both dudes. How about, uh, how about Asa Turner, who's been one of my favorite players all oh, offseason? Yeah. Uh, Nebraska was his latest offer. Jason Rodriguez, offensive tackle, big-time O-tackle out of Oak Hills, landed Florida. The Gators have been very active out west this year. Cameron Williams out of Bakersfield. Again, one of my favorite DBs. He's long. I feel like he's a good athlete. He plays quarterback for his team also, but he's been recruited strictly, I believe strictly, or primarily as a safety. But he picked up an offer, and this one is a little bit puzzling for me. So 
He already had offers from Colorado and Oregon, UCLA, ASU. So Fresno State just offered him. Now, geographically, Fresno State is not that far away from Bakersfield. Yeah, yeah. For me, if you're Fresno State, and I'm a you know I'm a Tedford fan. They need to be. They need to be Cameron's first offer, right? I mean, I mean they, not his twelfth. Yeah, I mean they should have been on this guy in fifth grade. There's no doubt about it. Not sure what the holdup was, but Cameron Williams. I mean, he's a guy. He's a, he can lock down the ability to run and play the football. He's a guy right in your backyard. Maybe what a, an hour and a half away, maybe from Bakersfield. That's what always bothered me about San Diego State. You'd always see them being like the last offer for a kid in San Diego who already had like Pac-12. I'll say SDSU. Man, you got to offer these guys before everybody else. Fresno State. I like what you're doing. I like Tedford. You guys are doing something. So let's, man, you got to offer those Bakersfield kids like early, early, so you can make that first impression. Now it's like you're being a follower instead of being a, a leader. Who wants to? Who wants to be that? I hey, sure don't. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, 2020 linebacker, St. Louis Hawaii School, St. Louis High School in Hawaii, uh, Jordan Botello, linebacker. This guy is as mean and angry as it comes. I mean that in a positive way, man. This guy. Uh, plays with a serious edge to his game, uh, and uh, he got offered by ASU as well. So I, I like what ASU is doing. A big week for them, offering some 2020 kids that are all really good. Jordan Botello, uh, a big-time guy. And then Keely Ringo, who's another 2020 guy at DB. Oh, yeah. I believe he's the number one corner in the 24-7 composite for the 2020 class. Uh, a school not bad at football, Clemson. The Clemson Tigers went ahead and offered Mr. Ringo uh, and the Tigers don't come out west very often, so obviously they see something special in Mr. Keely Ringo. And then two, two more for you, Keith. Um, not new offers, but a couple of players cut their list down. Uh, Ryan Helensky now has a top seven. Are you ready for? Are you ready for his top seven, Keith? You're Go with it, about GB. This? Go with we it. Got four, we got four SEC schools and three Pac-12s. We got Georgia, South Carolina, Ole Miss, and A&M out of the SEC. Then we have Pac-12 schools, Oregon, Arizona, and Arizona State. The only two schools he has not visited yet are Oregon, but he will visit there in a couple weeks. Uh, I want to say something like April 15th or 16th. He's going to the Georgia spring game on April 21st. He was this past weekend at South Carolina's spring game. He'll be at Ole Miss's spring game. Ryan is getting around. Big Bo, Ryan is getting around. He's putting in the frequent flyer. I I want his miles. I need a better mileage program. So, Halinski is definitely getting around. And uh, here's the key. He's going to cut this down to three in two weeks, Keith. Wow. That's significant. That is a significant cut. No question. Ryan Halinski, also newly named Pro Football Hall of Fame All-American. The first Pro Football Hall of Fame All-American to be named for the 2019 class, Ryan Helensky, quarterback, Orange Luther. So congratulations, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, All-American. Um, it's going to be naming more guys coming up here soon. But uh, Ryan Helensky, number one on the list. And, and that, that's only for 2019 guys, right? Because yep. last I checked, that was a 2019 All-Star game. It is a 2019 All-Star game. So 2020 class. 2020 kids do not get invited when it becomes if 2020. Really, what if you're really good, Keith? What if you're really, really good? Can you, can you get in then if you're 2020 or 2021 or 2022? Hey, listen, if it's a 2019 game, the idea behind that and the concept is is for the 2019 kids, just to make sure everything is clear. Okay. I, I, I thought that was clear, but I think some, you know, just for some people, I, I, I think people like to argue for no reason at all. For no reason. Hey, another good friend of the program, Chris Steele. Yep. Uh, 
he cut his down at 14. I kind of said, Chris, really, 14? Like, that's still more offers than most kids have. And he kind of said, you know what, it was 44. So Chris Steele is making progress. I catch my breath before I before I rip out Chris Stills. I, you know, you might not even need to, you might not even need to rip that off. He's got fourteen schools. Let us know when he breaks it down to five or three. GB, how about that? Well, I want to give you his five. Okay. I want to I want to tell Chris Steele who who his five is. Okay, go with it. We got we got well, here, here's the fourteen. We got Alabama, Cal, Florida, Louisville, LSU, Miami, Oklahoma, Oregon, Penn State, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas. Texas A&M and USC. That is his 14. Here's what I think, Keith. Here's here's why I think this is going. He's already got a visit set to Oklahoma. They're in the top five. Okay, let's go. You're not going to visit a school that's not already in your top five. He's been to Oregon already unofficially. He loves it there. He loves Dante Williams. Oregon is going to be in his top five. Okay, that's two. USC. They're the local school. They're the leader. They're the school that I think he's going to. And even though they're the locals, even though they are the local school, I believe they will get an official visit, which doesn't happen happen often for for kids that uh, that have a local school on their list. So they usually use a unofficial trip, but he wants to officially visit USC. So throw USC in that top five. Also, kind of, kind of, again, kind of, kind of snuck in there a little late. It's South Carolina. Yep. And. He said he loved it there. Loved Absolutely it. loved it at South Carolina. Loves the defensive coaches. I mean, it's SEC football. I'm a West Coast guy. I admit it. They're just a little bit more passionate out in the SEC. I think Chris is looking for that. Chris wants that big stage. He wants that big stage to kind of show what he can do. So I believe, and I wouldn't have thought this a month ago, but I think South Carolina has a great chance to get into that top five. And I also think LSU uh, and Florida I think one of those two schools, if not both, they'll make this big just a top six. But I think LSU or Florida, uh, they both have a great chance to get in there as well. He loves both DB coaches, Ron English at Florida, Coach Raymond at LSU. Both those guys do a great job. So I don't know how many schools I just named, but uh, I think Florida, LSU, Miami, Oklahoma, USC, South Carolina. I think those are the teams teams to beat for uh, for Chris Steele. Chris Steele. Moving on. Yep. Moving on. Move, you know, we got recent visits. We got Duke Clemens visited UCLA. We got Jamal Bell, the dynamic running back out of Antelope Valley, visited Arizona State over the weekend. We have our friend of the program, Clark Phillips, out of the 2020 class, visited ASU and U of A. We have Miles Morale, like Powell, visited his favorite school, Washington. We have Keenan Christian, who we talked about earlier about all these offers this kid's getting. He visited USC. Spencer Lytle. Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and Clemson. Nice. Those are his visits this week. We have Trent McDuffie visited Oklahoma. We have Braden Liebrock visited USC. I love this kid, man. He's a special, special tight end. I don't know if I even say his name right. I'll ask him this weekend at the Adidas tournament. Liebrock or Liebrock? Either way, Braden is a player. We have DJ Wooby under the lay. A special 2020 quarterback visited Arizona. There is a connection there. His uncle Iona is the D-line coach yep. at U of A. We have big Ben Coleman uh, out of Linfield Christian visited Utah. And we had a whole bunch of players from the premium squad. Uh, talk about Bryce Young and Katie Trujillo, Jojo Hawkins, Brain Huffman Dixon, uh, Tariq Luckett, Raymond Goforth, uh, Max Williams, Josh Delgado. They went to visit a plethora of schools in Texas. They visited Texas A&M, Baylor, TCU, and the University of Texas, UT Longhorn. So nice week for them. And then also uh, this week, again, we're recording on a Tuesday, but uh, 
John Dollars, Jaden Daniels, and Jeremiah Cradell all visiting Florida Monday and Tuesday. And I don't know if they're all doing it, but John told me he's also going to visit Florida State on Thursday and Friday before coming back home. And last but not least, not really a recruiting note, but just kind of something to throw out there. Because we have him on our show, but uh, Charlie Collins, Keith, was just named the oh, yeah. permanent, not no longer, take the intern tag off his name. Charlie Collins, Coach C, is now the new head coach at Oaks Christian. And guess who his running back coach is? Did you see that? The legendary, the great L.A. Ram, SMU Tiger, Eric Dickerson, coaching the running backs. How about that? If you are Zach Charbonnet, you can have one of the greatest of all time coaching you in high school. Eric Dickerson coaching running backs at Oaks Christian. Going to be coaching Zach Charbonnet. If, if my kids are running back, I have some thinking to do where I send him to school, GB. I can tell you that right now. So everyone knows I'm a, I'm a Rams fan, and a lot of times I, I use hyperbole just to, just for the fun of it. But I'm, I'm not even using hyperbole right now, Keith. For me, the greatest running back of all time Wow. was Eric the Great. Watch his film. Look at his production. Look at the guys. The guy was 6'2 and 225, was running 4'2s and 4'3s. He could run through you, around you. He had a little bit of wiggle. He was a one-cut-and-go guy. He ran hard. He catched the ball in the backfield. Name me. I mean, people say Jim Brown, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders. Whoever you got, line them up. I'm saying compare his production, his size, his skill set, his speed. Line it up. Nobody matched what Eric the Great did. Dude, if he's playing for any other team, I'm still saying it. Eric Dickerson was the greatest running back of our time, Coach Keith. You of know, all time. Th- listen, it's arguable, but you have an argument. I can tell you that my brother is a huge Ram fan, huge Eric Dickerson fan. If you talk about skill set as a back at 6'3", 220, running 4'3", and ability to run you over, run around you, or break you down, I mean, E.D. was as good as you can get. Barry Sanders, of course, he's up there. Jim Brown, of course, is up there. Walter Payton was an animal. Uh, nobody can forget Bo Jackson, who was, you know, I think on his own level, just in terms of his ability. Eric Dickinson, though, right there in that mix, in that mode, he was special. He was big time, no question. I mean, just for the fun, you can actually go on YouTube. If you want to just, just to laugh, you can go actually go look at Eric Dickinson's high school highlights. Yeah, they're sickening. And, and it was, even at SMU, the Pony Express, Dude, the guy was doing stuff that you would not believe. I mean, he his high school video, people will say Eric Dickerson, Marcus Dupree, and Herschel Walker. Those are probably the three guys that could have conceivably went from high school to the NFL because they were so much bigger and faster at that high school level. Yeah. Herschel Walker, Marcus Dupree, and Eric Dickerson. They were they were NFL running backs in high school. So uh there you go. That's it for recruiting notes for the week. Oh man, GB, you came with a unbelievable list, man, and I cannot Mention, you know, talk about it enough. That takes work. That takes consistency. A lot of observation. A lot of research. Talking with these kids and checking your Twitter and all your notifications. I know my notifications are blown off the chain every day. And you're 20 times the guy I am. So there you go. I, I know you can't get enough of this Twitter thing. But uh, Greg Biggins coming with the recruiting notes and news that we all look forward to every week, weekend and week out. We appreciate you, big dog. You know, I dropped the ball big time on my notifications last night, Keith. You know why? What's that? The only thing I like better than, than football, there's, there's a lot of things I like better Kings than football. Kings hockey. Too, Kings hockey. I, I watched the game, but I'm, I'm not even going there. 
I, there was three car chases. There were. Like, man, there were. I got my note. I didn't even see them. People were blowing me up on Twitter. Car chase, GB. Cape Town 9. <laughs> I didn't even see it until this morning. I missed three. Dude, somebody stole an ambulance and was driving down the street. Wow. I missed it. Like, I want to see that. I don't know how the heck. I think I was. I think I put my phone down and decided to be a, a quality husband and went and watched some show with the wife yeah. called This Is Us. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that show? It's kind of. Uh, pretty legit i'm kind of getting into it okay but, uh this is us so I, I didn't have the phone on me and i missed all these car chase notifications i got like two apps and then people were just clicking on me saying car chase right now gb and i love that <laughs> that's pretty funny man i love that people are hitting me up about that but i'm bummed i woke up this morning and saw you know several chases that i missed so i need to set my my game up a little bit longer but no question man you got to get you a uh a phone that gives you a buzz, a ring, a pat on the back, something, man, a tug something, on the ear. A vibrate. Well, that, yeah. I've got to be careful how I say that. Something, yeah. something that vibrates as opposed to a, an actual, you know, a, as opposed to a vibrator. Something that vibrates. There's, there's a difference. Yeah, Just want to make sure people know that discrepancy there. Yeah, sounds a little weird, but we're going to move along. We appreciate you, though, GB. Like always, my man, it's time for our Sleeper of the Week. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, our Sleeper of the Week this week comes from Northern California. We're going to go with running back athlete Giles Jackson out of Freedom High School. Plays for TMP Elite, a big-time athlete, a guy that can run it, that can catch it. He's got great moves. He's got great speed. Right now with one offer, GB, from San Jose State. But Giles Jackson, he's a he's a big-time player. He's got explosiveness. He's got great quickness, change of direction. He can make people miss in the open field. He can also make people miss in small circumferences. I really like this kid. He can, He's a three-down back. He can block. He's aggressive. Uh, he's got a great, does a great job of finding holes. If there isn't a hole, he can feel and bounce to the outside. Has the speed to hit, get the corner. So Giles Jackson out of Freedom High School up in Northern California. This week's Transparent Truth Sleeper of the Week. And I, I second, I second your emotion. I, I co-sign with that big time. I'm a big Giles Jackson fan. And again, we both saw, saw him playing for Pittsburgh last year against Narbonne, making plays. Zoom. Under Armour camp, he was tremendous. Nike camp up in Oakland, or excuse me, San Francisco. He was the running back MVP. And then he went and worked out with the receivers. It was dominant there. This guy is really good. And again, I love my guy, Brett Brennan. I said they stayed, but no disrespect to the Spartans. But this is a kid who, who should have, you know, if, if, even if more higher level offers. I hope, forgive me for saying that, Coach Brennan, but this is a Pac-12 dude. You know, he's really good at football. So hopefully things will pick up for Mr. Giles Jackson. No question about it. So we're getting ready to move on, GB, to our interview with Luke Stampini. He's a national recruiting analyst, works with you at 247. We're going to be talking modern-day IMG. But before we get to that, GB, we got to tell you about the winner's circle. All right, listen, everybody, and I'm talking to you parents and you student-athletes. 
It's the offseason. This is your time to get better and improve. Come the fall, that's your chance to showcase yourself in front of big-time scouts like me and recruiters across the nation. Now, there are a lot of guys out there that claim to be trainers. They grab a whistle, grab a couple cones, but it's just not that successful. What I'm talking about is going big time. Invest yourself into something special. Call my guy, Jordan Campbell, at Winter Circle Athletics. It's a facility in Corona, California with world-class state-of-the-art technology and equipment that creates world-class athletes. They understand human performance, health and wellness, and they customize programs to meet your athletic goals. They train specific for your sport and position. The Winter Circle has 50-plus Division I athletes over the last three years. They've added to a 50,000-plus square foot facility, and they also have a prep academy for 8th graders to 6th graders that concentrates on athletic development, social development, and academic development in their newly renovated facility. The Winter Circle Athletics, you can contact them at wintercircleathletics.com. Alright, and we're back, and now we're talking uh, IMG, Modern Day, Luke Stampede. Let's cut to the interview, GB, shall we? Absolutely. Alright, now we'd like to bring in Luke Stampini, National Recruiting Analyst at 247 Sports. Luke, how you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. How's it going, guys? Going okay. I got my man GB here with me, and uh, we're talking IMG Modern Day, and you're based kind of out of Florida. GB, we want to talk to him a little bit about this IMG 2019 squad. Luke, what can you tell us about this group? I mean, it's going to be a talented group. Um, you know, I think the, the main thing we got to look at right now this early in the in the process is that this IMG team isn't quite done. You know, they've got a track record of adding guys over the summer. So, um, you know, what we see right now on the roster could see some tweaks and some changes and some additions, you know, before fall camp even rolls around. But they're always a talented roster. It's always a deep roster. And, um, you know, they're, they're definitely a handle on the field of I like that. So right now, it's still free agency is still open. Sounds like we go Absolutely. through spring ball, kind of see what we need to add. Oh, we need we need a backer. Let's go get us a let's go get us a backer. That's been kind of the the running joke out here as far as modern day who they're going to be playing. And so let's dive right in. Let's talk about this matchup right now. And and obviously, a lot of people out here they know about IMG because they have played Centennial the last couple seasons. Uh, we saw them, you know last with Bookie Radley and and TJ. If you can, you kind of already said it, that they're not done yet, but just comparing this year's team to last year's team, uh, how do those two teams measure up? How good is this one compared to last year's team? Which one is better? Uh, you know, kind of, again, early still, but kind of heading into the spring. You know, which, which team do you think was, was probably better between these past two IMG teams? I mean, you probably right now would say last year's team was better because it's just deeper. Um, the defense had playmakers all throughout, you know, all three levels. I'm not real sure what they have right now. Obviously, they got Nolan Smith coming back, who I thought was clearly their best defender last year. Uh, defensive end that's committed to Georgia. Five-star prospect. Just electric off the edge. And I just thought every time I saw IMG last year, he was the guy that really stood out on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but they still have Trey Sanders, their five-star running back, coming back, who they rode last year. And I assume they're going to ride him again this year and that's going to be the focal point of their offense is kind of feeding him and getting him going um and then behind him they have noah sanders uh, i'm sorry noah kane another talented running back who splits time with trey sanders and um you know it's going to come down to the quarterback play the quarterback play wasn't that great last year and so they're very one-dimensional um guy you guys know 
uh, coming in. David Baldwin will probably be their quarterback this year. Looks like a little dual threat guy that, that can run it and can throw it. Um, if he can just throw it a little bit, <laughs> he doesn't even have to throw it that great, to be honest with you, compared to what they had last year. Um, he, that would add a new dimension to their offense. Um, so I think it's still going to be a really talented team. It's still going to be really good. Right now, I'd probably say give the edge to last year's team just because they were so deep and just on both sides of the ball on defense, they're just so deep. So let's talk about Nolan Smith for a second. I believe, I don't have it in front of it, but I believe we have him at number, see number four or number six in our 24-7 sports composite, Luke? Uh, in the composite, he's actually up. Uh, he's number five in the composite. Okay. I thought him and Trey were like four and six. or They're both really close. But they're both top ten players. I think we can both make an argument. Those are maybe the two most talented football players in the country. Nolan Smith, for those who haven't seen him, obviously Nike camp numbers recently were off the charts. I mean, at 6'3 and, and 235, he's running a 4'5", one and jumping almost 40 inches. How freaky is this guy? And compared to, to Xavier Thomas last year, who was our number one defensive end, kind of 1A and 1B with Michael Parsons. But how good is Nolan Smith? And, and if you're a modern-day fan, you know, does this guy scare you a little bit, or does he scare you a lot? He should scare you a lot. I mean, I thought Xavier Thomas last year was a really good football player. He's going to have a great career. But Nolan Smith is just more explosive and more athletic and just really jumps off the page. Um, just uh, just a, a freak athlete, you know? I mean... Six foot three, two hundred and thirty some odd pounds, and running four five forties like that's that's insane. Um, and he's the guy that's a, a real difference maker on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, he's blocking punts, he's getting sack strips, he just does so much, did so much for them last year, and he's definitely one you have to account for. And um, you know, I think he's, I think he has an argument to be one of the best to be the best player in the country this recruiting cycle. We have him number five currently, but like he's that talented that he could be the top overall prospect. And then I think Trey Sanders, you can make an argument again, he might be the most dynamic offensive player. For those who watched the Centennial game last year, he kind of broke that one open with a couple of long touchdown runs. And then, again, the dude is 215 pounds. And, you know, I think everyone saw the videos that under the radar shot, of, you know, in the IMG weight room. And the guy that was kind of leading the charge was, was Trey Sanders. And you look at the kid, he's got a college body right now. I mean, he's got an NFL body right now, right? I mean, again, yeah, you've seen yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, you've seen this offense. He's 215 you, pounds, right? I mean, <laughs> they don't look like that out here. I and mean, it pains me to no. say a West Coast guy, Luke, but we, our guys don't look like that. Yeah, Trey, probably that was the most surprising thing of what we saw from Trey last year was just his ability to continue to break off these long runs. It was a weekly thing for him where he was ripping off 60, 70-yard touchdown runs. Like you said, you look at him, he's 215 pounds, he's jacked, he looks like a bruiser, a guy that's you know going to break tackles and push the pile. You don't really expect him to be the guy to hit the home run. And he added that last year, and you know, I think that's the – probably he's a little bit deceptive with his speed, Um and that, that's a serious problem, you know, like when your big guy that can break tackles and push the pile has the speed and the ability to hit the home run, um, that's, a, that's a serious threat to have in the backfield. So then we got Noah Kane, who's, uh, I mean, do we call him the backup running back? I mean, the guy's number 32 yeah. in the 24-7 sports composite, and he's the number two running back. I mean, that's absurd for any other team to have two dudes like this. I mean, he is the backup. I mean, he gets a lot of carries. <laughs> <laughs> but he is the backup, you know. Um, 
when they need the big run, they go to Trey Sanders. Um, Noah Kane comes in and spells them, and he's a little bit different. He's a little bit uh, more shifty, a little bit more dynamic. Um, doesn't quite have the size, but he's he's another guy that's kind of bulked up this offseason and is still pretty pretty muscular. Um, but uh, it's a little bit of a change of uh, change of pace when you bring Noah Kane in. You go from the 215-pound Sanders to a 209-pound Noah Kane. That's, that's your change of pace back. Hey, Luke, offensive line, right? We got guys 38 and 39 in the 24-7 sports composite. I mean, two more guys in the top 40. Is Evan Neal, is he really 6'8", 390? Yeah, that's what we mentioned uh, last month. Well, I guess back in February now at the, at the Nike uh, opening regional there in Miami. Um, he's a big guy, and he's very talented. I guess one of the things that over the years that I've kind of noticed with IMG and their offensive line, while individually those guys are really good and, and are great players and good prospects, it just seems like they don't quite gel as a unit, and they're not quite as dominant as you would expect or hope. Um, that's kind of—I don't know if it's just because it's a mixed mash of players that they throw together, and they don't really, you know, they're—they're they're not really a unit yet. Um, because, like I said, uh, you know, sometimes this team doesn't get finalized until late in the summer. Um, you know, these aren't guys that that have been, you know, playing together since their freshman year or even younger all through the ranks. Um, so. It's an interesting dynamic that they have up front, where individually they're really talented, but sometimes they're not quite as dominant as you would like. But individually, these guys are really good. Evan Neal, um, even though he is pushing 400 pounds, moves pretty well for his size um, and is a talented player. And last year, you know, he looked like their best offensive lineman as a junior. Um, and then you have Diave Hammond, um, who started to come on in that starting group last year for them as a junior. He wasn't there um, first few games of the year, and then they finally worked him in once they realized, you know, he's probably their best option. He's a good player as a guard. Dante Lucas is a guy from Miami that they brought in this offseason, probably going to play guard as well. He's another uber-talented kid that's massive, over 300 pounds. So they always have a very um, good and big front offensive line. It's just, you know, sometimes they just don't quite gel. I don't know if you remember a couple years ago when Shea Patterson was there. It seemed like Shea would get a snap and he's just running around back there, um, you know, running for his life as soon as he got the ball, despite the fact that he had a bunch of Power 5 offensive lines in the no, I noticed that last year against Centennial, they got, what, I think four or five sacks at least. And Centennial was good, but wasn't you know, necessarily a, a dominant defensive front. But uh, mm-hmm. I did notice exactly what you said. That's kind of the difference, I guess, between a, a team like a modern day who, you know, while they get a lot of transfers, it, it seems like they always kind of have that team concept with IMG. It's, it's almost like an all-star team kind of getting thrown together. Speaking of, of new players, you already mentioned David Baldwin, a guy, again, like we, we know, you know, pretty, know David pretty well. What have you seen out of David so far? Again, transparent truth, Luke. You got to give it to us straight. How's David looking? Um, has he instilled, you know, a lot of confidence right now? Is is he struggling with, with the offense? Is he is he excelling out there? Uh, what, how is break him down for me? I mean, I've only seen him a couple times with seven on seven on seven, and then the opening uh, or the elite eleven there in Orlando. He's definitely got a strong arm. Um, he can make some impressive throws. It's not quite as uh, consistent as maybe you would like. 
Um, and that was probably the issue with their quarterbacks last year. You know, they, they were they would rip off some beautiful throws, but the consistency wasn't there. I guess what David probably brings to the, their quarterbacks didn't have last year was that ability to run. Um, on his film, clearly in the offseason camp, we can't really get to see him, you know, run the ball much. But on his junior film, you can kind of see how he is a threat with his legs. And, um, you know, if, the, if he can do that, uh, IMG should be tough to handle. Because if you remember... Two years ago, they had Kellen Mond, quarterback at Texas yep. A&M. Not exactly a great thrower. Wasn't even that great of a thrower at Texas A&M this first year. But he could really run the football, and they really leaned on his running ability to shake things up. And, um, you know, if David could do that, I just think IMG is going to be tough, tough to beat. What about playmakers out wide? Again, you know, we know Josh Delgado, Joshy Delgado, really well from being at Bosco the last uh, last couple of seasons. Uh, what have you seen from Josh, and, and not just Josh, but kind of touch upon the other you know receivers that IMG has or, or will have next next fall? Well, the interesting thing is, is all the guys they had last year went back home <laughs> and back to their different schools. They had several receivers um, that went back to their home schools, uh, back to Georgia, back to St. Louis. So it's going to be a whole new wide receiving core. Um, I've only got to see Josh Delgado once. He looks like a dynamic, just super athletic prospect um, that can go up and get the ball and just he just looks like a superb athlete. Um, now, what what else they add to that? You know, we'll find out. I see they have this Shamar Nash kid who just transferred in this offseason. I haven't got a chance to see him. Um, currently committed to Missouri, but, you know, another four-star wide receiver. Um, the thing I would say, though, is that in the past, IMG hasn't really ever slung the ball around to their receivers and had their um, you know receivers put up big numbers. If you go back and look at their leading receiver, I think their leading receiver ever is 600 yards. And then you have a couple guys that have 400 yards, you know, receiving yards. Um, even with Shea. Then, that was even the case yeah, with Shea, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think Shea's leading receivers had uh, 300 or maybe 400 yards. Um, so that's the thing. Like, they have talented receivers, but it's not like they're – chucking it around, and these guys are putting up big numbers. They're always going to lean on their rushing attack. Okay. You know, that was my first thought when I heard that Josh Delgado was transferring out of Bosco, and I was like, dude, you want to leave DJ and the Bosco offense to go catch, you know, 30 balls next year? But I know a lot of it was, was the training these kids get. And, uh, hey, look, I, w- I do want to ask you a, t- a training question and kind of the motivation for why kids do transfer to IMG. People always are asking, why do these guys at the offers want to transfer them? But first, uh, let's jump back over the defense really, really quick. We talked about Nolan Smith, but who are the other playmakers on an IMG defense next fall? Yeah, they, Charles Thomas, a linebacker that's currently committed to uh, Michigan, six foot, two hundred twenty pound athletic guy. Um, he's going to be a guy to look out for. Um, and then they just got a transfer this offseason to Julio McCray, who was previously committed to Florida as a safety. He started his career as a cornerback, and now he's grown into a linebacker. I think this will be the first year we get to see him as a linebacker. Um, kid with a lot of offers. Um, he's, the, the issue with Jaleel is he has a couple knee injuries. He's coming back from knee injuries. So while you think he would be uber-athletic because of his DB history, 
Um, you know, we're still waiting to see that, how he responds coming off these two knee injuries. But if he gets back healthy, he's now 230 pounds. And if you're getting back to that athleticism that he had as a defensive back, you're looking at a very talented prospect that can make a lot of plays. Um, but, yeah, that's – I mean, ultimately, it's Nolan Smith. I mean, he's the guy that really gets things going on that defense, and he's the one that, that kind of creates all the havoc. Um, they did lose a lot from their defense last year, and it'll be interesting to see if, if they make any more additions to that defense, you know, coming up next few months. So secondary-wise, I mean, modern day's got a guy named Bruce McCoy who's pretty good at football. They put him out <laughs> wide, and he's a brutal matchup. Uh, does IMG have a guy, a, a corner – uh, with some size or, or anyone that can kind of match up with Brew? Well, uh, is there anyone that can match up with Brew in the country, first of all? Probably like, not. Probably not. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Keith, <laughs> Keith chimes in with, that, with the, uh, a resounding no. <laughs> resounding. <laughs> so, like, yeah, there's no one that jumps out right now that I can go and point to and say, he's a lockdown corner, he can go match up with Brew. Um, you know, I think that's something definitely that I, uh, Modern Day could exploit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that secondary is a little unknown. We don't know who's, you know, there's no bookie back there anymore. Um, so it, that's that'll be an interesting part to figure out, see uh, what they do there in the secondary. So, Luke, I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, again, I've always had IMG. I know they're stinking ridiculously talented. It's going to be a phenomenal game. But just kind of the way we're, you know, kind of talking about the defense, you know, I, I know Nolan's special. You got to figure Marty's going to try to scheme, you know, keep two guys on him. But I mean, I'm a little bit underwhelmed by by what you're saying that they don't have a, a great secondary to lock up some of those receivers, and that they can kind of contain Nolan Smith. Is anybody else in that IMG defense? Is anyone else you kind of have to game plan, or anyone else that kind of scares you a little bit? Uh, no, you know, I mean, are they, they really... going to stack the box? Are they going to drop guys in coverage? How they how do they scheme? You you say Marty Day, the beauty. Uh, what I love about you, Luke, because you actually watch West Coast football. You've seen Modern Day. You know how they play. How do they scheme to stop Modern Day's offense? It's going to be kind of balanced. New quarterback who can run a little bit, throw a lot. Um, you know Bryce Young really well, the receivers they have. You know, if you're IMG, how do you scheme against Modern Day's, Modern Day's offense? I mean, you got to get after the quarterback, right? I mean, I think that's what it comes sure, down sure. to. And you just got to limit those big plays. You can't let them hit, keep everything kind of in front of you and, and try to limit those passes down the field. I would... I would probably give modern day the edge headed into this if they had JT Daniels back. I think JT at, at quarterback could totally take over this game. Um, I don't know what they have a quarterback. You tell me. Do they have a guy that can sling it around like that? Um, I think that's the way uh, modern day sh- should attack them, spread them out. Let's try to neutralize no one. Um, you know, I don't know if my IMG's got, uh, you know, the deep, deep defense that they had a year ago that where they could kind of hang around and kind of in the fourth quarter trying to kind of exert their will on the offense and start, you know, causing turnovers and, and causing mistakes. Um, so that's, I mean, that's going to be the interesting thing to see what they can do, uh, what they roll out there on the defensive side. Yeah. Beyond Nolan. Yeah. No, so Myron Myer has got Bryce Young, who's, you know, a dual threat, uh, really prolific passer, and, uh, you know, the, the, but they're pretty balanced offensively. You know, Sean Dollars and Jacoby Harper at running back and then some of the receivers they have. So I'm really intrigued by this match. It sounds like obviously try to rush rush Bryce if you're IMG's defense, uh, make him uncomfortable, and then offensively just try to run Trey Sanders and, and Kane about, what, 
50 times a game. I mean, if, if yeah. they can't get the ball out wide, their playmakers just want to keep the ball, control the clock, kind of just wear out modern day's, modern day's defense. That's kind of where I'm, I mean, where I'm thinking this game might be going. That's IMG's MO, though, you know? Sure. Teams no no changes. IMG will – teams always hang with IMG. A lot of times the talented teams will hang with IMG. They'll hang with them for a half. They'll hang with them through the third quarter a little bit. But they're typically just so deep that it, they just start to pull away late in the third and in the fourth. Um, so that's the that's the thing that I where IMG gets uh, these these teams because their second string are all still you know college football recruits. You know what I'm saying? Like whereas a normal high school team, you know, no matter how talented you are, you're still going to have future frat boys that are all out there playing, you know, that aren't, aren't going to play beyond high school, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So that's the, that's where IMG typically gets teams, is later on. Uh, 11 versus 11, sometimes some of these more talented teams across the country can hang with IMG. It's when you get to that second team and, and as the game wears on, and IMG's heavy with their rotation early on, and um, because they can be, uh, that's the that's where IMG typically gets gets teams. Lastly, Luke, and thanks for joining us, man. It's always good to catch up with you. For those again out west, people are always, why would someone want to transfer to IMG? You know, we, we've had Bookie and TJ, then this past year with David Baldwin and, and Josh Delgado. Transfer from good teams, Upland and, and St. John Bosco, are the two of the best teams out here. What would you say, you know, just to kind of the, the, the lay, lay person who doesn't really know much about IMG, what are the biggest advantages in going to a school like an IMG Academy? What, what kind of resources do they provide, and, and how does that help a kid maybe prepare better for the next level? Or even if, if it does, I mean, just give me your honest opinion. What are the biggest advantages a, a player has? He's already going D1, he already has his offers. What's the biggest advantage in, in transferring into an IMG Academy? I think it goes down to the strength and conditioning program, and it kind of prepares them for what they're going to expect at the next level. Um, there are some really good high school programs out there that um, have very good strength and conditioning programs and probably are on par with IMG, let's be honest. You know, they may not have the fancy bells and whistles, but the plan is in place, the structure's in place, and they're still getting good training. Um, but that's not the case at a lot of places, and where the strength and conditioning is not that great, if there, if it's even there at all, um, the coaching is not that great. So that would probably be the main draw for uh, prospects that want to transfer IMG. I mean, they got a multi-million dollar weight room. They have all kinds of trainers that are on campus to deal with professional athletes of all sports. Um, they take on the psychological side of sports and just kind of how, how to get mentally prepared. Um, the nutritional side, they have all the resources there for these prospects or these players to take advantage of if they want to take advantage of them. Um, so I think that's the, that would probably be the biggest draw of all. And obviously level of competition, right? I mean, every single week you're playing against, you know, one of the best teams in America. And, and you mentioned the nutrition. I remember last week we had Bookie on the show, and he was saying how, dude, every meal plan is, is planned out for these kids by, you mm-hmm. know, like a college, you know, meal nutrition-type yep. program. So, um, Luke, yep. you don't know the roster yep. yet. You don't know who's going to be on the <laughs> roster come the summer or the fall. Check back in July when the final 
you know, okay. roster moves and transfers. Are, are save save your prediction. Should I ask, <laughs> ask, ask for a prediction? You want to save your prediction until, until July, and then I'll get you, get you to come on again? After no, I'm out of the prediction. I'm going to go IMG. Go IMG. You're going to go IMG. I'm going to ride Trey Sanders, and I think it's going to be too much, and I'll go with IMG. All right, Luke. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. We will get you. We we will get you on again, maybe the week of the game. Yeah. And uh, right. you can kind of let us know a little bit more about how some of our boys are doing out there. Hopefully, David and, and Chachi are doing really well. So, uh, thanks, Luke. I appreciate you, man. And uh, I know I'll be talking to you really soon here. All right. Have a good one, guys. You too, man. Luke Stampini, national recruiting analyst for Two Four Seven Sports. We appreciate him joining us here on the Transparent Truth. All right, we appreciate Luke for coming on, sharing uh, his perspective and his knowledge on IMG football. And they're great athletes, their tremendous facility, and their overall program. GB, what'd you think about that? Yeah, and just for those who, who don't know Luke or his background, so Luke is basically, he's basically me in Florida. Yeah. So he, so he knows IMG. He lives in Florida. He's covered the program. He covers, you know, everything about Southeast football. And so, uh, you know, I, I think it was a pretty fair and accurate assessment of, of what we're going to see from IMG. You know, really, really physical running game, uh, a dominant pass rusher, and Nolan Smith to watch out for. Not one, but two running backs that are, you know, argu- arguably the two best in the nation on the same football team. A big physical offensive line that, in, in Luke's eyes, doesn't always play up to their talent level. Maybe, and again, he had, he had a great point. When you're bringing an all-star team together, it's kind of hard to get everybody on the same page. It really is. I mean, he said this team right now will not be the same team we see in the fall. There's going to be the summer. There'll be more guys transferring in. But uh, what I got out of it was just to watch out for just the pure physicality of IMG on both sides of the ball, running it, stopping the run, trying to pressure the quarterback with Nolan Smith. You know, if they can, you know, use Josh Delgado. He's probably their best wide receiver right now. David Baldwin can hurt you with his arm or his legs. He brings that running threat to the to the uh, to the offense, which they hadn't had at IMG the last couple of years. So overall, it was a it was a good breakdown. I'll tell you what, though, Keith. You know, I think both of us, have, you know, right now we both have modern day winning this game. But I, I was actually I'm still a little, little bit more confident now after talking to Luke. Uh, than I was even before. I, I feel like modern day probably should go into this game favored by, what, is it two, ten points? Is that too big of a spread? No, you know, I, initially I thought modern day minus 14 kind of going in. I think they're a two-touchdown favorite. Like you said, IMG, they're going to need to find an identity, new quarterback, new guys transferring in. Dante Lucas, a big offensive guard, just transferring in out of Miami, Florida. Um, they got to put pieces together. They got to add some additions uh, to come this summer. David Baldwin's got to be dynamic. Uh, of course, they're going to lean on those two running backs, Sanders, Kane. But modern day is just as loaded, if not even more loaded. They're going to be playing on their, in their home field, the Santa Ana Bowl. We all know about Bryce Young. So I, I, right now, I have modern day as a two-touchdown favorite going into that IMG game. Yeah, and I, I think the big difference that I'm, I'm curious to see is that uh, first off, let, let, let's let's give IMG some credit. Let's kind of I think there was a myth that a lot of people, lot of people felt was this is an all-star team. They don't really care as much about wins and losses. And I think people thought that would carry Centennial two years ago when those two teams first met. They say, hey, if it's a tight game, you know, is, does IMG really care? Are they, they going to play with as, as much passion as Centennial? Do what they they did. They had the last two years in a row. They, they showed that they you know, they do want to win games. They are very passionate about it. But when you throw an all-star team together versus a team like Modern Day that just has such a sound 
scheme and system. And yeah, they got a lot of new guys. They got four new O-line starters uh, defensively. You know, they lost some guys to the front seven. Their whole secondary returns. Modern day still has dudes, though. You know, the offensive line, you know, Miles Morales is going to be the leader. He's only a, a sophomore right now. But, you know, they still got some dudes up front. Not one, but two quality running backs with, you know, Jacoby and, and Sean Dollars. You know, Bryce Young needs to protect, yeah, protect the football. You can't turn the ball over. You can't give IMG short fields so they can run the football down your throat. Can modern day stop? those two running backs. Trey Sanders is, an, is a college running back right now playing high school ball. I have no doubt that Trey can go to a college right now and he'd be in there three deep. He's, he's that gifted. If you're modern day, obviously, you stack the box. You got dudes up front. You got Keon Ware Hudson coming to Oregon. You got Mace Funa. You got, you, got, you got guys. You got multiple linebackers. You have a really deep, talented secondary with Green Warren, with Wyatt Riggs, with Alfonso. Um, Nemo. Bryshaw Washington, who could be a hybrid kid. I, I, for me, he's a hybrid. Yeah. For me, he's definitely a hybrid. He's, he's a guy you, you kind of put in the box, and he's a guy who's 6'3 and 205 that can run and hit. You watch his tape, and I think, definitely think he's a guy that kind of plays in that box and, and maybe almost like a shadow, right? Um, but the biggest question for me is going to be, you know, that modern-day D-line led by Jan Ware Hudson. Um, what do you do with Brew McCoy defensively? Do you, do you play him on the edge? Do you kind of still use him as a linebacker? Um, but, but what a nice weapon to have, right, Brew McCoy? So I think can modern day do they can if they can stop the run or even not stop it but contain it a little bit? Yeah. Um, you know, make David Baldwin have to have to beat them on third and long, and, and then be multi-dimensional offensively if you're modern day running it, throwing it. Um, you know, they lost some really quality receivers, but they still have Brew McCoy. They still have. Brandon Hoffman Dixon. They still have Michael Martinez as a tight end. Um, Cam Gardner transferred in. He, he's a very quality slot option as their third or fourth guy. So they, they got some guys for sure. They got some guys from modern day. And, you know, again, the, the biggest thing for me is just simply being can Marty stop the run, make IMG one dimensional, and can they be balanced offensively? And if they can, I, I see Marty winning. I, I, I really do. I, I know people are going to pick IMG just because it's IMG, but. Uh, man, I tell you what, man, I, I like I like modern day. Yeah, yeah. To me, there, there's an edge, there's an advantage. I think Pete's uh, a guy that I don't think people are paying much attention to. Not because he's not a good football player. Just modern day's got so much talent. Keep your eye out for Braden Huffman Dixon. He's going to be the number two option behind Bruce McCoy on the outside. But the kid can go. He's got length. He's got athleticism. He plays with a lot of confidence. He's got great hands. He can get behind the defense. Dollars. Young in the backfield with Jacoby Harper. They're going to get their running game going. They'll get one-on-one coverage on the outside. Brew McCoy is a mismatch. Braden Huffman-Dixon, if the the coverage kind of shifts to McCoy, he's going to get one-on-one with the second or third best DB on the team. Huffman-Dixon, he can get after people. If you don't pay him attention, I think he's got a great chance to kind of bust that game open. Looking forward to seeing modern day's defensive front seven. With Washington, with Brew McCoy kind of on the edges, Ware Hudson in the middle, along with uh, Mace Fuma. I think Mace could be an inside guy this year. If I was them, that's where I'd move him to. to kind of replace Solo, but it's going to be a great matchup. Can you imagine Trey Sanders coming downhill, meeting Mace Fuma in a whole GB? That's going to be beautiful. Oh, dude, that's what you dream about, right? That's, that's be what beautiful. you dream about. Yeah. I mean, Trey has a physical advantage over every player in the country except maybe coming at Mace Fuma head-on. Mace is 240 pounds. And he can bring it. So I would love to see that. Um, 
it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm like, I'm with, I like Brayden a lot. I think he's really good. You know, the guy that last year we, we, we screamed all year for, for JT to, to use more was, was the tight end, Michael Martinez. Yeah. The tight end is always open at the high school level. I mean, it, whether it's, you know, playing PS4 or playing real football or playing seven on seven, the tight end is always open. He's in that scene and no one seems to cover or, or use, use him that much. And I think he's a mismatch issue. It's hard to cover a guy who has those kind of, you know, 6'6 six, six and 250 with those hands. And, uh, I mean, for me, I think he's another weapon that you can you can use down the seam and pick up big chunks. Modern day is loaded, man. It's, it's, it's going to be great. We're working on some things, GB. Look out for the transparent truth, man. We're on the move. But uh appreciate you, big dog, always for rocking with me. And uh looking forward to that IMG Modern Day game. Of course, we know it's months away, but it'll be here in no time. Uh, and, and I'm sure all the fans are excited about it. You're probably going to find it on ESPN. But you'll find the transparent truth in the building. GB, your boy, Coach Keith, that does it for today's show. We appreciate you joining us. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are out there. Find us on YouTube. Every show drops on YouTube now. Make sure you're listening, following along. Transparent Truth, again, we are on the move. We got some new things developing for the fall. Can't wait to share it with you guys and get you on board with what we got going on. From a man, GB, it's your boy, Coach Keith. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.